0: Hello and welcome back to the seventh episode of Link Latest Asia by Size Antitrust podcast. I'm Jackie Lau and today I'm joined by my colleague Ling Bui from Allen's office in Vietnam and Marcus Pollard from our team in Hong Kong. In this episode, we will explore the recent competition law developments in Vietnam. Ling, we understand that the new competition law introduced in 2018 have brought significant changes to the regime. Maybe you can kick off by telling us a little bit more about this.
1: Thanks, Jackie. Uh, Thanks for having me. Uh, So as you know, Vietnam had started implementing competition law in uh, 2004. Uh, However, since then, there was a relatively low level enforcement by the Vietnamese competition authority under the old law. Uh, And uh, so in 2018, the new law was passed and it had introduced very significant changes, both in terms of behavioural matters and merger control regime. So it definitely uh, has brought vietnam closer to most competition law regime globally
2: and lynn i understand that one of the key changes is that um, under the new law there is a a much clearer description of what are per se prohibitions including the usual suspects of price fixing or market sharing between competitors um for conduct though that does not fall within those per se prohibitions um the law as i understand it adopts an effects-based analysis is that right
1: Ah, uh, that's right, Marquez. So for non-per-se prohibitions, the old law adopted a quite rigid market share test and agreements may be prohibited if the parties have a combined market share of 30% or more. So this was a rather, a rather rigid approach and it was quite difficult for, um, you know, parties and the regulator to apply these tests across all markets with different competition dynamics. So under the new law, we would now assess whether an agreement has any significant impact on competition, instead of focusing all the on the too much uh, on the market share threshold. And another point I'd like to note is that the. Under the new law, certain per se provisions can now be potentially exempt. Uh, So far, since the law was issued, we are not aware of any public um, information on exemption being granted. So we just need to wait and see how the Vietnamese regulator would adopt uh, this exemption in practice.
2: And I I guess from our experience elsewhere, um, it's generally difficult for cartel arrangements to satisfy any of those exemptions and, and argue that, for example, it generates efficiencies. So I think it would definitely be interesting to see how the uh, the authority in Vietnam interprets those provisions. Um, whilst we're on the topic of enforcement, Lynn, I'm curious to know whether, whether there have been any um, notable investigations by the Vietnam Competition Authority since the law came into force?
1: Sure, Marcus. Uh, so most of the official investigations under the old law focused mainly on abuse of dominance and unfair competition of, uh, competition practices but so far no severe penalty had been imposed uh, since the new law was introduced uh, we are not aware of any extensive public um, in, uh, information about official investigations being conducted by the authorities I think one of the main reasons is that uh, since the law was issued, um, the country was being affected by COVID-19 pandemic and over the last year or so, Vietnam was under different form of lockdown and there had been remote working arrangement in place. So that definitely has sort of affected the enforcement uh, pace at which the regulator uh, work uh, under under the new law.
0: Um, Speaking of which, I understand that a new competition authority will be established, and there has been some delay in the formation of this new authority. Could this be one of the reasons for the lack of investigations so far?
1: Yes, uh, that's definitely uh, one of the key, uh, if not the main factor, which slows down the enforcement pace. So under the new law, uh, the new national competition authority would be formed. And uh, so far we we haven't, uh, that is not uh, done yet, but we expect the new authority to be formed sometime early next year. So under the old law, if you remember the, we had two tiers model. Uh, being first the Vietnam Competition and Consumer Authority, uh, VCCA, which investigate anti-competitive conduct and review mergers. And then we also have Vietnam Competition Council, so-called VCC, which is the body that handles competition complaints and proceedings. So under the new law now, the NCC would combine these two authorities in, in one, uh, in one uh, body. And uh, we expect that NCC size would be much bigger than the current agencies. Then that indicates that competition law enforcement would likely be quite high on the Vietnamese government agenda.
2: So I guess the replacement of that two-tier model will will likely increase efficiency in investigations and the merger review process uh, and also avoid a scenario where uh, two regulatory bodies have disagreements over particular outcomes. Um, If I remember rightly, in the Grab-Uber merger decision uh, a couple of years ago, the VCCA was of the view that Grab should have notified its acquisition uh, of Uber, but the VCC uh, adopted a different conclusion. Um, I guess, therefore, there's uh, uh, some improvement hopefully in the future that there won't be those kind of uh, institutional uh, arguments.
1: that's right marcus i agree and i think that's the main purpose of the combination of vcca and vcc in one authority to make it much more efficient uh, to implement the law and handle any you know relevant processes Um, just going back to the grab and uber merger uh case um in practice actually the the case is still not has not completely closed um and currently the vcca uh, had filed an appeal against the VCC decision. And that appeal is, being, is currently being put on hold. And so we don't know um, how and when uh, the case will be resumed or ultimately resolved.
0: Speaking of merger, I think our listeners will also be interested to know how the new law has brought changes to the merger control regime. It seems that Vietnam has increasingly become a key jurisdiction after the introduction of new thresholds.
1: That's right, Jackie. Uh, Indeed, uh, what we have seen over the last year since the new law came into effect is an increased number of merger filings in Vietnam. Uh, So based on the authority official statistic that they recently uh, announced, there were 125 notifications in the first year of implementation of the new merger filing regime. This is definitely a big contrast to five notification per year that we had under the old law. Uh, and uh, most of the notification that was submitted were actually cleared in the first uh, preliminary appraisal phase, and only around 13 cases were brought into the official appraisal phase, which is the second phase in the merger review process. Um, We don't have information on whether any remedies uh, have been imposed in these uh, 13 cases, but the uh, good news is that there had not been any prohibited merger by the authorities based on the uh, official information so far. So turning to the merger thresholds, um, the changes under the new law has definitely led to a spike in the number of filings. So previously, a merger notification in Vietnam may be triggered if the parties had a combined market share of 30% or more. And there was definitely uncertainty and in gray areas as to whether a filing would be required because the merging parties and the regulator may end up having different view on whether a transaction is notifiable, depending on the market definition uh, that they adopt.
2: And then I think for the benefit of our listeners, um, it may be interesting to, for them to know that merger filings in Vietnam um, can now potentially be triggered based on four alternative thresholds. The first two being uh, the party's revenue in Vietnam or asset values in Vietnam. Uh, the transaction value threshold will apply for onshore transactions. And the last threshold is a, com- is a combined market share threshold. So I think compared to that test you described before around market share, there's definitely more certainty when assessing whether merger filing um, can, be, can and is triggered in, in Vietnam. Um, I guess the reality is that the thresholds though are quite low compared to other jurisdictions and they can actually be met even if only one party has revenue
0: or assets in Vietnam. This brings us to the issue relating to foreign-to-foreign mergers. Ling, do they also fall within the scrutiny of the authority?
1: Thanks, Marcus and Jackie. I think that these are good questions and uh, these are very uh, frequently asked questions that we get uh, these days after the new law was passed. So the new law make it, clear that uh, competition law of Vietnam now applies to extraterritorial extra, conduct and merger, as long as they have an impact on the Vietnamese market. Um, so this actually has reflected in the authority statistics. Roughly 30% of the uh, merger filings uh, in the past year were offshore foreign to foreign transactions. And that was mainly the results of, of the expanded Uh, thresholds that Marcus uh, mentioned earlier and and how, you know, relatively low they are compared to other jurisdictions. Um, Ultimately, whether a a foreign to foreign transaction needs to be filed in Vietnam would depend on a case uh, by case assessment uh, on whether that transaction has an impact on the Vietnamese market. Uh, But I should say that Vietnamese uh, competition authority can actually take a quite technical uh, view and may consider a, a case whereby only one party to the transaction satisfy either the revenue or the asset threshold, while no other parties have got any presence in Vietnam or business activities in Vietnam. And uh, they can take a technical view that that transaction may still be subject to the notification uh, requirement uh, in Vietnam, even though as a result of the transaction, the market dynamics um, in the country doesn't change much.
2: So given that we are likely to see more and more Vietnam filings, even for foreign to foreign transactions, Maybe we can give our listeners a, a few practical tips or issues relating to the, the merger filing process. Um, based on our experience working with you, Lynn, the, the, the authority seems to require a market report to be repaired uh, in every case. Um, therefore, it's advisable for parties to start the preparation of that early on in their transaction planning and ensure that there is sufficient time for the filing preparation.
1: That's right, Marcus. Um, So the submissions of a market report is now required, even for no issue case, and uh, that report must be prepared by a Vietnamese market research company and using uh, official data from Vietnamese authorities, such as tax authority or customs or statistics. Uh, Apart from that, there are other formalities that need to be complied with by the parties, such as legalization of documents from overseas countries or translation of um, documents into Vietnamese. In practice, it may take a bit of time to put together filing, and that definitely needs to be factored in the overall timing uh, process. Um, In terms of the review filing, um, there is a 30-day statutory review period for the first phase, which we call preliminary assessment stage. Cases, cases that do not raise any competition concern would likely to be cleared in this transaction. And so far, as I mentioned earlier, most cases would be cleared in this phase. Um, and in, 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 uh, in the authorities review, they would now focus on the effects-based analysis, whether the transaction has an impact on the Vietnamese market, and rather uh, than just focusing on the combined market share under the old law. Uh, in practice for an uh, a normal for a normal case that is uh, cleared in the first stage it would usually take from three to four months to be to be cleared for complex cases the authority may escalate the review to official appraisal phase for an in-depth assessment and in that case the review period can be can go to up to 150 days in total um, so far we understand that only 10 percent of the cases would be subject to this second official appraisal phase
0: Thanks for the interesting updates, Link and Marcus. I think this is a good place for us to wrap up. We are always happy to discuss any questions, so please feel free to reach out. In the next episode, we will be covering some of the key developments in China with our colleagues from the Beijing team. Thanks for listening and goodbye.